0: Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Digital Switch. I hope uh, you're all keeping uh, healthy in this uh, interesting time that we're in. So uh, Sonia, I hope you're doing well.
1: I am. I am. I'm doing well. Thanks, Naveed.
0: Excellent. So we are very, very excited to have a return guest today. Sonia, why don't you tell us uh, who we have today?
1: I am really excited to introduce Perian Boring, who is the founder and president of the Chamber of Digital Commerce. You'll remember we had her on early 2019, so it's great to reintroduce her to our newer listeners. So, Perianne, thank you so much for joining us on the show again.
2: Yeah, it, it's great to be back. I regret that we're not in person the last time I was with you guys in your office in the Bay Area, but Uh, With the uh, current pandemic, we haven't um, had the opportunity to do a lot of travel this year, but really excited just to talk about um, kind of new trends in the crypto space and catch up on um, different initiatives at the Chamber.
1: So last time we chatted and had you on the show, like I mentioned, was mid-2019. So, so much has changed since then. So I want to kick off the episode and ask, how are things going at the Chamber and what are some of the recent initiatives you guys have been really focused on? I saw recently launched something called the Crypto for Congress. Um, And from what I read, it's absolutely amazing. So maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit more about that as well.
2: Yeah, it's definitely been, 2020 I think has been an interesting year for everyone. There's certainly been some curveballs thrown at us like anybody else um, operating a business during this time. Um, We weren't really sure exactly how the pandemic and the economic um, crisis was gonna impact our space. Um, but, you know, I had a feeling that uh, we would be in a, uh, in a good place. And the, the blockchain industry really has, um, I think, is a, a bright spot in, in the economy today. And I'll talk about that um, a little bit um, later. But a big part of what we've been working on this year is this project called Crypto for Congress, which we just launched the other week. And we're, um, it's, a, it's a current project, so it'll be ongoing through the election Um, Crypto for Congress is an educational initiative of the Chamber of Digital Commerce that seeks to provide our elected officials, regardless of party, with a hands-on experience with blockchain technology. And the purpose of this is to expand access to blockchain technology and raise awareness of this technology throughout the congressional community. And as a part of Crypto for Congress, our PAC, our Political Action Committee, has made a small contribution in Bitcoin, which is the first and the largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization, to the campaign of every member of Congress. We think and really believe that the best way to learn something new is to experience it for yourself. And we want our elected officials to experience the power of blockchain technology in their own hands. And our hope is that through this Um, uh, This uh, initiative, they will have the opportunity to have a deeper understanding of how this technology works and the critical role it will play in our global economy for many generations to come. So that's what's kept me busy with it being an election year. We thought it was important to participate in the the, um, election process, but we wanted to do so in a nonpartisan way, and that's what Crypto for Congress is all about.
0: Excellent, and uh, Perian, you're absolutely right. It, it feels like it was eons ago, but uh, uh, you know, having you in the offices uh, a year ago was uh, was phenomenal, and uh, it, it's really great to hear you uh, just talk about how uh, you know not only how busy things are, and and also how pertinent these things really are, because. You know, I think my philosophy is that regardless of what kind of uh an environment, business environment we are in, if if we're solving real problems, these needs are gonna continue to exist. It's and and I think, you know, as we've discussed at length in the past, um, there are certain things that blockchain brings to the table that are not just quote unquote nice to have. And so I think it's uh it's really, really great to hear that. Um Speaking of the way the world has changed, what, what uh, everybody refers to as a new normal, I wanted to ask a little bit about um, what the effects of COVID have been on sort of blockchain uh, adoption, because, you know, it's interesting, uh, a few weeks ago, I saw this poll on LinkedIn, and they were asking, uh, this. this particular person was asking everyone about, you know, what is your driving sort of force behind your digital transformation today, and everyone had picked COVID because, you know, clearly there are things that are now becoming commonplace that perhaps weren't necessarily there in the past. So I wanted to ask you, do you feel as though this pandemic has actually uh, sort of accelerated adoption or has it made any effect whatsoever help or hurt uh, the blockchain cause?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. So one of the issues I think our industry has faced is that one, it's this technology is misunderstood. There's still today a lot of misinformation and, and miscommunication about what it is, how it works, and what its role is going to be. And we believe that blockchain technology is one of the most important technological innovations that we will see in our lifetime. And if you really think about what role blockchain plays, it is financial infrastructure and it will serve as the financial infrastructure of the new digital economy. And if you look around the world, there are many other nations like China and Singapore and Japan, Switzerland, the European Union, they understand this and they recognize how important this technology is going to be. And they're all racing to be at the forefront of developing this technology. And if you juxtapose that to what, where the US is today, our leadership hardly even recognizes that uh, there is a a cyberspace race with this advanced technology and we're not even on the playing field. And I see this as a significant challenge to both our national security and our economic security. Um, to have foreign actors controlling the systems and the governance that will power the digital economy. And that is a big message we have today. And the challenge with this is a lot of people just don't understand it. They're not prioritizing it and they don't get it. But COVID has helped shift the, the, the dialogue towards blockchain in Washington. And we are starting to get more of our national leaders to understand this. And I'll give you an example of where we saw that. So one of the actions that Congress took was the the stimulus bills. What was intended there was to get cash in the hands of Americans as fast as possible. The challenge is that we have a pretty large financial inclusion gap in the United States. In 2019, according to the Federal Reserve, 22% of US households were un or underbanked. And Congress's response to the pandemic of distributing stimulus funds through the banking system, highlighted a lot of the limitations in our financial system. And that caused Congress to take a deeper look at blockchain technology. So after the um, stimulus bills were passed, there has been a number of hearings on um, Capitol Hill looking at modernizing our financial infrastructure and blockchain technology has been one of the key themes in all of those hearings. So we've seen it in Congress as it relates to payments. And then we also saw um, a group of member of Congress um, send a letter to um, the administration urging the administration to use blockchain technology for relief efforts. And this was for uh, financial services related issues like payments, um, but it also was looking at um, other applications of blockchain like supply chain. So this is why I'm saying I think blockchain is really part of the bright spot in the economy today because there is a heightened awareness on importance of digital systems and the industry is starting to be looked at as a potential resource to address some of the biggest challenges we are facing today nationally and globally
0: uh, that's very interesting uh, but certainly I'm not I'm not surprised that this continues to be a challenge because you know uh, last year as you recall we were lucky to uh, partake in the wonderful event that you and your team had set up on uh, Uh, the Blockchain Education Day for congressional members. And, you know, we got a chance to sit down with uh, a few members of Congress during that day. And the the same questions that you just brought up were, were asked at that point. And I think, you know, the, the, the key challenge there is that there are some, like you said, uh, terrible misinformation that sort of uh, per, almost permanently attached itself to this technology, which is a shame because people still confuse Bitcoin and blockchain and, and everything else. And they'll read something about Bitcoin, people using it for nefarious reasons and, and so on and so forth, and assume that the underlying technology is also flawed or, or, or a problem. Um, it, just uh, you know, not not to divert here, but just wondering what, what do you think is going to take? And and I appreciate you highlighting the fact that you know this getting this stimulus check to everyone was was such a colossal task, and it was one of those things. And again, maybe forced everyone to rethink of a better way of doing this. But you know, do you think that those are the catalysts that we need in order to get the right kind of uh, attention uh, in this country towards blockchain?
2: It's a, I think it's a famous quote from Nancy Pelosi, where she said, never let a, a crisis go to waste. I mean, that really shouldn't be what it takes. It should not take a crisis moment to get action from government, but <laughs> uh, Congress and also, you know, government in general, isn't known for being the most productive <laughs> entity. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, during this time, I, I, I it has been um, very encouraging to see our our uh, you know things that we have been advocating for for a very long time finally resonating with the highest levels of government. But that, it should not take a crisis to to start looking at this. Uh, we really should be proactive, and we we've done this before. We've been successful at doing this before in the early 1990s. Policymakers in Washington, they saw the potential for the internet, broadband, and mobile technologies. And they set policies that allowed for innovation and competition that developed the world that we live in today. And we need our elected officials and policymakers to understand these emerging innovations and blockchain technology and digital assets and set policies that will nurture these emerging technologies and keep the United States in a innovation leadership position. And falling behind because of our lack of understanding is seeding our technological leadership. And that is not a risk we should be willing to take. And that's why, we do what we do at the chamber where you know every day we are working on educating policymakers and those who work in government so they understand the critical importance this technology will play and help give them the resources they need to be able to ensure the United States is at the forefront of this ecosystem.
1: I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, if we switch over to focus more on the biggest use cases for blockchain technology, we know that it's been in the past data, financial services, and then also the supply chain. I'm wondering in the last year or so, since we last spoke with the progression of time and you know, coupled with the current climate, has there any been, has there been any new exciting use cases that may have become more prominent?
2: I mean, I know you already mentioned financial services, but that is a very, very large and broad term. One thing that I would just highlight is the stablecoin part of the ecosystem, which has just grown um, incredibly over the past couple of years. You know, stablecoins, which are just one form of digital currency, they have a market capitalization of over $20 billion. And stablecoins are settling over $5 billion daily. And if you compare that to PayPal, which is doing about $2.5 billion um, worth of volume a day, this is really solidifying that digital currencies are becoming a well-established financial tool. And some people are surprised to hear these numbers. And it's not just stablecoins. If you just look at um, all cryptocurrencies, um, there's almost 30% of American millennials own some form of cryptocurrency today, 30% of the young people. And of course, it's young people who are able to pick up on these new technologies first. And then 15% of American adults um, own some form of a digital currency today, which, you know, can be used to pay for goods and services, you um, at uh, you know, large companies like Microsoft and AT&T and overstock.com and lots of other names and organizations that we all know and recognize. Um, over 33% of US businesses today, large and small are accepting digital currencies for payment. So it's important that we help people really understand how robust this ecosystem is, the amount of jobs that are being created, the amount of innovation that is underway. And I know your audience is very familiar with payments and stable coins and digital currencies, um, but it is important just to look at how far that part of the ecosystem has come. And then, if you want to talk about some like more um, use cases that are not necessarily um payments focused, we're seeing a lot of activity in DeFi. I mean, this past summer, we have just seen so much um, uh, innovation in, in decentralized finance. And then another um, area where there's been a focus is on digital voting, um, especially with it being an election year. We, we're seeing a number of states that are, are allowing some um, uh, s- some people to to vote using blockchain technology in some limited um, circumstances. Uh, But, you know, being able to uh, leverage this technology, I mean, this technology is impacting almost every area of the economy. And it's, this technology is what, 10, 11 years old. It's still very, very young. And to be able to make this big of an impact today, I think, um is uh you know shows that there's huge potential here and again we should be nurturing that innovation
0: that's wonderful perry uh it's really really great to hear that uh you and your team are continuing to do amazing things uh with this technology uh in the midst of a pandemic and and that's uh I hope uh, you continue to uh, count us as as part of this effort as well. If there's anything we can ever do to help, uh, we're always uh, uh, available and, and of course, willing. But uh, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, I hope we can do this again. But uh, it, again, just just wonderful to hear all the great work that you're doing.
2: Yeah, thanks so much. It's always great to catch up with you both and look forward to speaking with you guys again soon.
1: As always, thanks for listening to Digital Switch. You can find us, subscribe to us, and share us on your favorite podcast streaming service, Digital digitalswitch.show, and recently on YouTube. You can also stay up to date on all our podcast episodes, blog posts, videos, and all things Pure Nova at purenova.com and at Piranova Inc on Twitter. So that's all from us. Thank you to another amazing guest. Have a great week, everyone, and stay safe.